1: It's Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night, this is Extra Time on SENZ. I'm
2: going to call it...
1: This is extra time on SENZ. Ricardo Ball with you through till nine o'clock tonight, and then we head over the Tasman as uh, Game Three of the semi-final series between Melbourne United and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers gets underway. We'll have full coverage of that game for you. Uh, the TAB has Melbourne United as short favourites, a dollar Tasmania Jack Jumpers at a uh, three dollars thirty five. But uh, you know, I mean, the fact that it is a one-all series suggest that maybe it's a bit closer than that. Uh, So that is what's coming up for you after 9 o'clock tonight. Of course, uh, we had a whole full round of the Super Rugby Pacific and the NRL, and, man, there were some highlights, weren't there? Uh, This, probably the biggest surprise of the Super Rugby weekend. Here it is, back. Let's go. No, let's go. No, let's go. Yeah, it is time. Yes. It's the dawn of a new era at the Waratahs. They have arrived. They have knocked over the 12-time champs at Leichhardt Oval. Yeah, it was a big, big win for the Tars. 17-0 up at half-time. Then holding on as the Crusaders. I wouldn't say they're self-destructed, but... Playing the end of the game with 13 men is certainly never good when you're trying to win the thing uh, and you ch- and you're behind the eight ball now uh, Tane Edmed is the uh, ten he's been uh, in for Ben Donaldson who got injured earlier in the season he started as the number one ten looks like Edmed for mine it's overtaken him this was the young tens uh, chat at the end of the match I'm just lost for words to be honest i I don't know what to say um I've got
0: 30 friends and family up there, these boys. I love them and the
1: fans of tonight were just outstanding. Like, I can't believe, I'm just, I don't know what to say. It's just unbelievable. You mentioned the fans. There was a buzz, people streaming in, they saw the scoreboard with you guys in front and then they. the passion was back for Waratah's fans. Did you feel that out there on the field? Yeah, 100%. It's amazing. Um, some of the stuff we endured last year didn't win a game. And to see the fans come in, it's just so refreshing. It's amazing. I can't, can't. I don't know what to say, to be honest. It's, it's unreal. No, he does not want, know what to say. Uh, a big weekend for the Waratahs in particular. And uh, interesting to see how that shakes up the competition here as well for Super Rugby Pacific. If you missed the weekend's games, this is how they played out. Friday night, the Chiefs won a close one in Brisbane, 27-25. The Blues, a late one. It was uh, kicked off about midnight New Zealand time over in Perth uh, were 22-8 up at halftime. They were held scoreless in the second half, won 22-18 in the end. The Highlanders, uh, they trailed 24-17 at halftime against the draw, got up and won 27-24 in the end as well, which nixed my bet. I had the, I was on the draw at 480, spewing, spewing that they didn't come in. Uh, the Waratahs got up over the Crusaders, as we've heard, 24-21. to The Rebels beat Moana Pacifica. And just finished the uh, Pacific Flare show with Peter Alatini. And boy, Moana left that game out there. They could have won it, uh, unfortunately. Lincoln McClutchy missing that kick for the line at the end and having the ball knocked out when he was over the try line as well. Uh, but there you go, the Rebels got the 26-22 win. And the late game on Sunday afternoon, the Brumbies. 42-25 demolition of the Hurricanes. And uh, that has uh, really shown that these Aussie teams seem to have closed the gap Because uh, that was three wins uh, from the New Zealand Conference, if you like, and three wins from the Australian Conference. So this is what that means for the competition ladder. The Blues lead with 40 points from the Brumbies in second on 39 points. Then you're back to the Crusaders on 34 points in third place. The Chiefs are fourth with 32. Then the Reds on 31 a fifth. Sixth place is the Tars on 28 points. The Hurricanes are currently in seventh on 24 points. And the last playoff place is currently held by the Melbourne Rebels uh, they are on just 15 points but it's enough for 8th place at the moment but a reminder that the Western Force and Moana Pacifica have a game in hand that they need to play, the Force are just a point back in ninth at the moment and the Highlanders a further point back on uh, in 10th place uh, on 13 and then the Drew and Moana Pacifica uh, bringing up the rear, so there you go, that was uh, your weekend in Super Rugby Pacific, now the NRL, but man it was a hard weekend for picks wasn't it Ben? Uh, picking Super Rugby was impossible, picking the NRL well was next to impossible unless of course you're a diet in the wool warriors fan like Ben and you 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 stuck you stuck to your guns and and stayed on the on the warriors. I was happy I also got one big upset result correct in the tipping which was the Cowboys beating the Eagles. You how you tipped that? I did. Wow. What well, what made you think that was going to happen? Well the Cowboys have been going so well. I I I feel like the Cowboys had been quite I don't want to say underestimated, but I think they're kind of going under the radar a little bit. I'd say that's fair. And I just as you just get one of those feelings. You're just like, oh, I think I think they could do it. And they did it a lot better than I was anticipating too. Yeah, they did it really well. A hell of a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, that's for sure, especially as an Eels fan. Uh, particularly the Eels the week before had, what, beaten the Knights 39-2? So, I mean, there was no sign that the Eels were going to put in a performance like that. Exactly. And Todd Payton is now showing the goods on why... The Cowboys wanted him. Yeah, exactly. And the Warriors once again let go of a decent coach. But there you go. That's a conversation for another time. Let's celebrate the good things for the Warriors because after conceding 70 to the Melbourne Storm last week, they came from 2012 down late in the game to do this against the Raiders. Johnson's ready. Lodge's standing decoy. Egan gives it to Lodge. A very flat Quick, ball. They're going now. Quick play the ball, Egan finds Johnson He steps, he has a good look Got He's it. won yeah. the match for the Warriors <laughs> Sean Johnson has sealed the deal And the Warriors have
2: come from nowhere early on in this game To beat the Raiders 21
1: points to 20 Yeah, late win for the Raiders uh, Over the Raiders I should say And Ricky Stewart, not happy man Not a happy man at all afterwards. Actually, on Friday, I was doing Drive, we did get a text coming asking if the TAB had a book on sticky to have a stroke when the Warriors beat the Raiders. Uh, So there there wasn't one. But, uh, yeah, he certainly wasn't a happy man, Ricky Stewart. Uh, This is uh, what happened over the weekend, actually. It was, as I said, upsets galore. Uh, The Broncos getting up over the Sharks Thursday night, 16-7. Don't think too many tipped that. The Panthers... Uh, beat the Titans 18-4. That went to script. Rabbitohs up over the Seagulls 40-22. They made it look tougher than it probably should have been the Rabbitohs, given that uh, former Warrior Carl Lawton got sent off in about the 18th minute of that game, and so the Seagulls were down to 12 for uh, three quarters uh, two-thirds of the game. Uh, the Warriors obviously 21-20 over the Raiders. The Roosters also upset by the Bulldogs, the Dogs winning 16-12. The Eels upset... Massively, they were thrashed by the Cowboys 35 to 4. The storm got up over the Knights 50 to 2. The Newcastle Knights have scored a total of four points in the last two weeks. Hate to be a Knights fan, that would suck. Uh, and, and they're it, last now, too. And they are, they bottom. And they're not a team that people have been talking about. The spoon people have been talking about the Broncos, the Dogs, the Tigers, the Warriors for the spoon, maybe a little bit. The Titans, nobody's been talking about the Knights. Calen Pong must be stoked. He's there for another five years. <laughs> well, the conversation's bound to start shortly. Yeah, bound to. Did you see the, the post-match interview with him? Uh I heard I heard it. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't. He, he, he was just like looking at their interview, like, why am I here? Why am I answering these questions? Uh, and basically gave you nothing. Dragons 12-6 winners over the Tigers on Sunday as well. So uh, it was a big weekend, in both Super Rugby and the NRL. Upsets galore, as I mentioned. Uh, the table now looks like this. The top eight is the Panthers, unbeaten. Eight from eight. The first team to do uh, to go eight unbeaten to start the season two years in a row. They did it last year as well, and uh, they are top of the table. The Storm, are two points further back in second. Then the Cowboys, uh, six points off the top in third alongside the Sharks and the Eels. Those are, That's three through to five. The Rabbitohs, the Roosters, and the Seagulls round out the top eight on eight points each. And they, But they're not there on their own because the Broncos, the Dragons, the Warriors, the Titans, uh, sorry, the Broncos, the Dragons, and the Warriors all have eight points as well, but they sit outside the eight. The Knights now bringing up the rear, and they play the Cowboys this weekend, uh, the Newcastle Knights. There's your There's your prize. Um, See if you can score more than two this weekend. So there you go. That is your weekend in rugby and rugby league. It is ten past eight here on Extra Time when we come back. Hamish Bidwell joins us for Media Watch. (laughs) You're on SENZ. This is Extra Time with Ricardo Balthrudel. Nine o'clock tonight, and then we head over to uh, the... Aussie basketball because it is Melbourne up against Tasmania and the semi-final playoff game three, the decider to see who goes through to the final. Uh, joining me now, though, for media watch is Hamish Bidwell. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm really well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Long time no no chat. I uh, hope you've been behaving yourself in the in the mighty Bay of Hawks. I've been in the Bay of Hawks. I don't know if I've been behaving, but I'm
0: still here. <laughs> That's mate.
1: My... That is the main thing, my friend. That is the main thing. Uh, what uh, grabbed you from this weekend in, in Super Rugby? Uh, it's been, a, uh, I think, a weekend that's shown that the Australian sides have, have closed the gap on the New Zealand sides.
0: Well, I think we hope that. I think we've hoped that for a long time because um, certainly in my lifetime, the best contest in uh, New Zealand rugby was the like Cup contest I can think of that sort of 2000 era and the sort of the years either side, really good sensation of rugby, two test series is in the balance every time. Will we get it back? Will they keep it? Dude, I mean, it was really, it was the high level, high caliber of rugby and we haven't seen that since. And we sort of need to see it because it's, it's quite important a bit as well in the scheme of things to New Zealanders and to the New Zealand rugby scene, but I don't know. i I watched the games and I, I wonder if the New Zealand teams are as disinterested as we are as fans. Um, I certainly believe that we're seeing a decline in some of the playing standards in New Zealand. I think a lot of that um, we've talked about before, the lack of player depth. But I I also think coaching's an issue. It's not so long ago that we had candidates other than Scott Robertson to be the next All Blacks coach. We had Rennie and Plumtree at the Hurricanes. We had Joseph at the Highlanders, Pat Lamb, at the Blues, Dave Rennie, at the Chiefs. like they were credible candidates, guys with runs on the board, guys who were elite coaches. I think we've got guys on the job that are learning. I think it's borne out in some of the footy.
1: Yeah, so are you thinking that New Zealand teams have regressed rather than Australian teams have progressed? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, well we can't tell. Like, it's just like until the Wallabies play the All Blacks. I know we have to talk about something. And to be fair, Super Rugby Pacific is as boring as all buggery. And we have to extrapolate. We have to go, well, does this mean Australia's improved? Does this mean the Wallabies are going to be good? I'm saying we can't tell until the All Blacks play the Wallabies. If you're asking me, do I think Australia have improved? I'm saying no. I think New Zealand's regressing. And I think there's probably a bit of apathy among the playing um, pool as well because I I think this competition is an absolute fizzer.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that, because I was talking to Justin Marshall earlier tonight uh, about the Crusaders, and I put it to him that, you know, I've been saying to him on and off throughout the season that it feels like the Crusaders are only playing at about 70%. And then we watched that game against the Waratahs, and it start, I started to wonder whether or not that was the case or whether or not they this was just as good as it got.
0: Yeah, I just don't think we can tell yet. Like, it, it was poor. There are errors. you take longer out of that team? I don't know. But I'd be expecting better from... I would say there's such a thing as, as razor fatigue. I reckon some of those Crusaders guys would be suffering that. I, I, I think with the best will in the world, he should be somewhere else by now, whether that's overseas or with the All Blacks. Like, I think he's he's probably run his race with that group of guys. Um, yeah. phenomenal success. But he wears on people. He's sort of a 24-hour-a-day guy. He's really... Oh, needy's not the right word, but he's, he's intense. You know what I mean. I just think that would would great after a while.
1: Yeah, well, there is that. Uh, I guess it's a case of where he goes. And I mean, you mentioned uh, that coaching group. I guess Leon McDonald must be putting his name sort of in that conversation as well. Uh, but is it? Yeah, met... but I mentioned those guys at the top, right? Yeah, they had decades of success of proven results.
0: Leon Mac, a coach on the rise, done well with Tasman doing good things with the Blues. But then, you know like no one sees an apprenticeship anymore. Like He's going to be mentioned in all black discussions now, and I think that's incredibly premature. Mm. And it shows how we've dumbed it down, how we've lost a whole tier of professional accomplished coaches, and we're basically giving apprentices a real leg up that they don't really deserve.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens when the All Blacks fall over at the 2023 World Cup, which I think will happen. Um, and and then Well, they can have... we actually
0: want that to happen? Do you think
1: that's where we've got to? <sighs> a little bit of me does. I mean, it's, it's hard to... It, it's <laughs> hard, me, bro. It, yeah. yeah, it's hard to want the All Blacks to fail at a World Cup, especially if it means someone like the Poms are successful, because, you, you know, you never want that as a New Zealand rugby fan. But there is a bit of me that thinks this is a massive mistake uh, that the uh, rugby union, as they stand are too arrogant to admit they've made a mistake and will back this all the way until it falls over and then they'll find someone else to blame
0: yeah I went down this path 99 time you know Hart Kevin Roberts, David Moffat all those sort of folk I just felt that that organisation was out of touch of reality and that team as well and I, I, I really hoped that they would get tipped over at that World Cup and they did and it's the only way to get fundamental change I never thought they'd turn around and end up with John Mitchell by the next World Cup but that's another story like um <laughs> But things have to get grim for people to change, and I, you know, there's, there's obviously the hope with Schmidt coming in, Mike Cron being involved. It's a shame Wayne Smith won't be with the All Blacks, but you know, good for the Black turns But yeah, I, there's a lot of add-ons to the All Blacks group. To sort of mask the deficiencies of Foster and the Foley picking in the first
1: place. Yeah, I mean, the uh, story that I've heard actually, or which would be which would make an interesting combination, be interesting to get your your take on it, is that Tony Brown actually got phoned by Ian Foster and by by Scott Robertson independently of each other, obviously, and asked to be part of their group if they they put something forward. Um, and he said yes to Robertson and then and then obviously got the the call from Foster as well and that changed things and he just pulled out altogether. Wow.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought that he had sort of hitched his wagon to Jamie Joseph for right or wrong. Um, yeah, crikey. Foster has approached people in the past and I know they've turned them down, but yeah, I mean, guys want to run their own race. They obviously see that succession is the way forward or it seems to be so rugby's favorite method of, of, of pointing coaches, but you don't want to get hard with some other dude's brush, you know what I mean? Like mm. you, you want to be able to run your own race on that regard.
1: Yeah, you definitely do, mate. You definitely do. Hey, let's talk. let's turn the talk then to uh the NRL. Uh the Warriors bouncing back from a seventy point to ten loss to to beat the Raiders in golden point. Uh was that the standout of the weekend for you? Oh the competition. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> what was your standout moment of the weekend? Not by a long shot. <laughs> what was your standout how of the
0: weekend we, then? was we doing the eels, um, the Bulldogs beating the Roosters. Um,
1: so the upsets?
0: Well, just the fact that, well, look, so we, you want to talk about the Warriors, let's talk about the Warriors. So the Warriors are a battling team, uh, they don't have a particularly good coach, and he. but the thing that he does coach, the thing that he does preach is effort. So he relies on guys trying hard. He he works on the principle that if we tackle harder and run harder than them, we'll win. And against 80% of the competition, you probably will. It's a pretty mediocre comp, right? We've got Melbourne and we've got Penrith, we probably accept that they're exceptional. Yeah. There's a, two or three other teams, Cronulla, Parramatta occasionally. South's probably in there. We think the Roosters will improve at some point they're in a sort of hot, hot, slightly higher echelon, then I mean, you've got everyone else. So, you know, the new the Warriors after the dismal effort and against Melbourne, and I mentioned the word effort there, not so much the result, because I think that's a predictable result, I think that's what happens when a, a mediocre to poor team plays a good team in this competition, I think that's the sort of result you're going to get, as evidenced by the 50-2 that Melbourne put on Newcastle yesterday. Um, so the Warriors were definitely going to have effort, they were definitely going to try hard, and they were lucky that they were playing a a similarly battling team like Canberra. And, that, and and a lot of instances, that effort, with a bit of sprinkling on top of Sean Johnson, will win Warriors games. And it'll keep them in the hunt, around the eight, maybe not in the eight, but that's how they're going to go. And if it's the better teams, they won't be able to win. But that's, you know, that's the comp for a lot of teams. As I say, like 80% of the competition is, is probably in the Warriors' boat, aren't they?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, what's really stood out to me, probably the last two years particularly, is, you know, the salary cap, it's a great idea, and it's worked for a long time in the NRL, but it's not working now. And I think the part of that reason is you can salary cap players and say, you know, you can spend this amount on players, but it's who you have running the club that really, at the, in the long run, is going to determine where you sit. And I think there's a lot of people who aren't very good at running rugby league clubs at rugby league clubs in the NRL.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. There are so, so many rosters in that competition that justify half the cap. Do you know what I mean? Let's yep. say, I think the cap's high tens, of eleven million dollars, and every team uses the cap, but there's a value for money on the guys they're spending that cap money on. They're they're having a shocker. Do You know what I mean? There are, and then they wonder how the other teams fit guys under their cap the good clubs. Well, people want to play for good clubs. I mean, that's it's so hard to recruit, and so you play over, you know, you pay over the asking rate, and yeah. yeah. But I mean, they're poorly managed. The worries have been that bracket for me. Do You know what I mean? Like I just. I think they're poorly coached think they're poorly run i look back and just and sort of dismay at 2011 where they made the grand final in all three grades new south wales cup 20s and nrl you know they it at the club let them go the next year that was his last game yeah john hart You're john ackland guys who knew high performance sport guys who could identify and develop talent it's three grades there's a huge amount of depth. they should have dominated the competition for a decade and then what happened, they went backwards immediately and haven't really gone forward since.
1: No, you're not wrong there. I'll tell you, another guy that they uh, the Warriors must be looking at going, oh, he's doing all right. Wish we could get a coach like him is Todd Payton. You mentioned the Cowboys. I mean, for me, I was looking at that Cowboys roster. They recruited pretty much no one in the offseason. He's working with what they've got. I mean, they're very much a club in the rebuild. So for them to be doing what they are doing, I had them as, this wooden spoon, as my wooden spoon favourites for the season, and they're currently in the top four. And he played such a dangerous game with
0: that club. He went in there and said, that's not good enough. And he started by saying that's not good enough to Jason Tomalola, their, their best player and captain. And It sort of went a bit sour. I don't think they really warmed to him or responded to his sort of tough love last year, but they seem to be galvanised now. And, yeah, to put 30 points on Parramatta in the weekend at Parramatta's home game away in Darwin, that was, that was quite remarkable. Um, yeah, they're... Well, Peyton of course... At one point, he was going to be the coach of the Warriors, wasn't he? He was going to carry on, and then he changed his mind. And there was a bit of a... He did two interviews on NRL 360. One to say he was going to be coach of the Warriors, and one to say, actually, I've changed my mind. Wasn't that right? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, so yeah, here's another like Cleary, that got away.
1: Yeah, very much so, mate, very much so. Hey, we should also talk uh, about the goat in the boat and how she uh, nearly got tipped up. Uh, Lisa Carrington and Amy Fisher, uh, those two going head-to-head. That was a sports story I didn't see coming last week.
0: Yeah, I didn't care for that at all. Um, I think if you're the world champ and then you win the national champs, then mm. you go to the world championships. But no, uh, if you're not part of Canoe Race New Zealand's performance program, as Amy Fisher's not, um, then, then rules are confected to make sure the Dame gets to go. And mm. uh, that's what happened.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? I mean, you know, she beats her in the first race, they go again and then they go again. Uh I mean, that's got to be for high-performance sport New Zealand and for, you know, the um, uh, the governing body for uh, for the canoeing as well. They've got to surely be... I know there's, there's a lot of talk about cycling at the moment, and we've obviously had that in rowing and, and swimming in the past as well, but they've got to be looking at structure and how this actually works.
0: Well, they had a cultural review, you know. Fisher was one of those athletes who didn't like how things were done at Canoe Race New Zealand. That's why she's not part of it. You know, that's why she's... I'm not going to say rowing her own boat, but she's basically doing whatever, the canoeing equivalent of that, isn't he? she? Because um, she just said, I'll go it alone. I don't care for this. I don't want to borrow you. I won't take any funding. I'm just going to do this off my own bat. And she has, and that's really commendable. I don't watch it myself. So the cult of Carrington, it's a, I'm oblivious to it. I've never watched their race, never seen her interviewed, couldn't care less about it, to be fair. Or canoe racing, for that matter. But I am interested in fairness. I thought that was a thoroughly unfair process. And I'll be interested down the track, how it pans out. Because we saw this to a degree years back with Rob Waddell and his sh- incredible hubris. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided that he wanted to take Mahe Drysdale single skull seat, even though Mahe was the world champion. They had a three-race row-off like this thing, and I think Drysdale, from memory, went down the game at the, the subsequent event that he went to because of this extra high-performance sort of racing that he had to do at a time when he was theoretically training. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like it. It's not the only. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say he's not the only one. This is, we've seen this happen a few times. We've seen a few people. Uh, I'm th- I'm trying to remember uh, a couple of cyclists that I think have gone their you know their own way from uh, from that uh, organization because they didn't like the way it was done and have since been successful in Europe. And then it's like, well, why don't you come back and cycle for us at the Olympics and the you know in the in in the road category or whatever it is? And uh, yeah, it all. It, there needs to be, I think, uh, greater awareness that people do things differently. I mean, if we can figure that out with education, that you know, the, educa- the way that people are educated in this country works for 60% of the population, but not 100%, surely the same come, uh, goes for coaching and high performance.
0: Yeah, look, if we're going to isolate it to the Stanoo thing. I'm not an expert on it by any means, but from what I've read, I understand that Amy Fisher met the selection criteria to be in New Zealand's boat at the world champs and they changed the criteria because it didn't suit their narrative or their setup or their Golden Girls situation. I think that sucks.
1: Yeah, that does suck. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, and we will see if anything happens about it or if they'll just carry on their merry way. Uh, somebody, you know, I don't know, writing for Hawke's Pay today needs to do an expose with Amy Fisher to find out.
0: I'm just a wee toiler in the field. I think they would prefer if I was writing about three waters or something fascinating like that. But uh, <laughs> I did something on Amy Fisher today. Okay, yeah,
1: good. On. All right, we'll have a, we'll we'll get get amongst and uh, find that on Hawks Bay today and see what see what you really yeah. think. Now before we go, yes,
0: um, you're a Manchester United enthusiast, are you, you not? Know?
1: I, I am. Yeah, it's been said. So
0: the happiest day of my week. Is any time United have played, Mm. preferably poorly, and Roy Keane does punditry afterwards. Like, how do you like? I as a, I sort of, I I sort of feel a bit like them about the All Blacks. You know, poorly run, Mm. uh, crazy ideas of self-importance, no um, connection to reality, throwing good money after bad at managers and players, and never actually building a cohesive squad. And then Keane comes in and just gives them a kicking. And I just find it absolutely sensational. How do you feel about that as a fan?
1: Well, I, the thing is, the reason that Roy Keane gives them a kicking is because he's a fan and because he cares, I think. You know, yep. I, I, and, yep. and, um, and the thing is that 99.9% of United fans agree with him. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I mean you've had people like Gary Neville in the past who has been a bit of an apologist at, at times for the way things have been done and the way things have been run but even he's fully turned now um, so yeah Yeah no, once
0: that Super League breakaway thing happened he, he changed the spots really quickly Gary yeah, Neville yeah. yeah he
1: did he did so yeah no no I'm, I'm, I'm all over it uh, and the sooner it changes the better I know there's a big protest that United you know, play tomorrow morning uh, Seven o'clock New, uh, New Zealand time against Brentford. Uh, there's a big protest plan That on the seventy-third minute, uh, everybody's going to get up and walk out of the out of the stand. So we'll have to see how wow. that looks and how that happens and how disruptive that is. But that's uh, to mark. You know, you take away from ninety minutes back to was that seventeen years to seventy-three to mark the amount of years that, uh, as it's been put in the official statement from the uh, Manchester United Supporters Trust, these leeches have been taking money out of our club.
0: I I admire that, and that's one thing that I'd like to see happen here. We're a bit more apathetic, a bit more sort of um, too shy to sort of vocalise our thoughts, but I think if we sort of voted with our feet a bit more, we might see a bit more change in our sport. But just, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, is he, like, good for that club, bad for that club? Where do you sit there?
1: I think it's a tough one, because I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had got United to second in the league last season and had got us to a Europa Cup final. Uh, or Europa League final, um, had done some really good things. He had a way, he had United playing. He wanted Varane and Sancho and to strengthen that and to improve a couple of places, the right wing and centre back. And he want, you know, I think United would have been far better if that had happened and Cristiano Ronaldo hadn't come in uh, to an extent. But then he gets given Ronaldo, and he has to change the way he plays, and everything goes sideways. But conversely, if it wasn't for Ronaldo, we probably wouldn't be where we are because even though we're playing poorly in this way, he's the one thing that continues to deliver and give us goals. So, mate, it, yeah, it's a chicken or egg scenario, really. I, I'm, I'm still torn on on which way because I can see both arguments and they both make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He will do well, but I think on a broader level, he's holding that, that team back. And if they're talking about Bad culture in addressing him, I can't believe he's a great contributor to that myself, but I stand to be corrected.
1: Yeah, no, I can't either, uh, but it sounds like he's going back to Real Madrid, um, cutting his uh, tenure short because Ten Hag, the new coach, uh, doesn't want him. And uh, I did I did see this, Hamish, just before we go, because I've got to go, I've got to get Pete on shortly to talk uh, about it from sure. an Aussie point of view. Uh, but I did like this, and I thought you might enjoy it. Uh, United are in a lot of trouble. And they, uh, but how many hugs is it going to take to turn them around? And is ten enough? (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, that's a good one eh? though. I quite liked it. I quite liked it. Go well, Hamish. Thanks for the thanks for your time, bro. We'll talk again soon. Pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, Hamish Bidwell, there with us on Media Watch here on S E N Z. This is extra time, twenty six away from nine. It's 21 away from 9 here on SENZ, as we call West Island, coming in. Pete Fairburn, how are you, mate?
2: Mate, I'm fired up. Hell's bells. How good. How uh, good, uh, mate? I love that you, uh, you always get the Dacker off for me. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty special, mate. It's good. How are you,
1: mate? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. I've been here, there, and everywhere covering everyone's shows, but I'm back for a week at least um we'll see how we go from there uh, so that, that's good mate have you uh i know you got a new job with the queensland reds uh, so obviously you've uh, you, you had a higher offering you've had to tell the dolphins no <laughs>
2: uh, mate yeah my, my phone's always on so you <laughs> know uh look they're getting some good crowds out there at uh at, at dolphin stadium and in, uh, in Redcliffe. to be fair it's a beautiful part of the world and the Warriors, aren't they enjoying playing out playing out there at the moment? You'd be uh, you'd be up and about, Ricardo.
1: Yeah, mate. Uh, they're, they're going all right, mind you. They had a bit of a bump in the road with that trip to Melbourne, didn't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. A fifty-four point second <laughs> half is is possibly a bump in the road. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't want to accuse you of too much hyperbole there, Ricardo. I don't want you to be exaggerating. A slight bump in the road to concede more <laughs> points than than you're on the field for minutes, but. Um, no, look. Credit to that team for the way they came back, um, you know. And, and Nathan Brown didn't didn't pull any punches, did he? After that record defeat, he was he was pretty full on um, in, in his assessment of, of blokes giving up and not trying. Um, so to come back the next week and and get the chockies, admittedly against a really really ordinary Canberra Raiders team, but to come back and get the win and the Warriors are part of this logjam of teams. If you look at the the NRL table this year, it's quite fascinating compared to years gone by where position 3 to 11 on the table at the moment is either 8 or 10 points. Um, So there's a lot of teams, you know, really fighting for not only spots in in the top eight, but you would actually say at this point in time, there's spots in the top four up for grabs, which we haven't really seen uh, that type of opportunity for a number of years.
1: No, I was just having this conversation with Hamish Bidwell and and saying that, you know, it feels like that the NRL, while the salary cap has worked for a long period of time, it's not working Currently, uh, but it's nothing to do with the players, it's everything to do with people running the clubs because you know the Panthers and the Stormers seem to be so far ahead of everyone else.
2: Well, that's exactly it, and we know that you know t- teams that don't have that track record of, of recent success do have to pay a little bit over the odds to get players. I mean, you look at the Bulldogs, and admittedly, they are coming off a win, but um, you know, th- there's no doubt what they're paying you know, the likes of a, a Josh Addo Carr, for example. Um, you know, is probably more than than an outside back would get elsewhere. That's what they have to have to do to attract quality talent. Um, and, and you know, you can look across the board. You know, even at the Titans, someone like David Fafita, who um, you know, really, really struggling there, and um, and likely to be out for a few weeks now as well. But but they have to pay these types of players more than than say the Storm or the or the Panthers or even you know the, the Roosters have to. These clubs who have been successful for a long time. Who are able to, um, I guess, quantify that their approach will work to, you know, give you the best chance to enjoy the ultimate success and to, to unleash your full potential. Um, you know, that that seems to be the key difference. But now, look, credit to a few of those teams who we, you know, w- we have written off a bit in recent years. I mean, it's amazing to see teams like the Dragons and the Broncos and the Cowboys, um, you know, fighting for finals when, when most people probably had them in their bottom four or five teams this year. And the, the converse of that, I guess, is, is uh, or the inverse is when you look at the Knights and the Raiders and, and the Titans, you know, really disappointing from three teams who, who would have come into the season with finals aspirations and right now couldn't look any further away from it if they tried.
1: No, exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, good point. Uh, I know your Rabbitohs, geez, they made hard work of that 12 man Manly team.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one though, Ricardo. I, I remember talking to a, a rugby union coach about this once, and um, you know, saying that that I felt that often teams didn't take huge advantage when uh, when the opposition you know, had someone in the bin and that sort of thing. And and he said to me, you know, essentially what happens is that all of a sudden a lot of the pressure goes onto the team with the you know the one man advantage, right? The expectation is, well, there's no excuse here; they should score. You know, a fair few points while they've got that advantage, and um, you know the the opposition they're down the man, so they're on a hiding to nothing. And and anything they do from here is, you know, if they happen to do a ride right out of it, you know, that's just um, a bonus. But but really, they're just trying to, to stem the flow a little bit. So um, look, the, the Rabbitohs aren't playing exceptional footy at the moment. Let's be honest. But at the same time, you know, credit needs to go to Manly who who decided that they were just going to come to terms with the scenario and 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 you know play you know the, the footy in front of them and 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 you know it it was what it was and they certainly didn't make it easy for the bunnies still plenty of points scored by the bunnies but um you know the, the thing that we probably weren't expecting was was Manly to score so many as well
1: yeah, well, that was the thing. I, I thought when, uh, you know, Lawton got shown the the, the uh, sideline, see you later, Manly down to 12, for uh, what was it, about 60-odd minutes, I thought, oh, well, South's going to run up a cricket score here, but it, uh, I, they just kept coming back and kept scoring points, which was surprising. Hey, we should talk also about uh, the Super Rugby, mate. I mean, your Reds went very, very close uh, to tipping over the Chiefs on Friday night. Um, they've had a pretty good season so far. Over the weekend, three of the shall we, in inverted commas, Australian conference teams, if you like, uh, had wins, and three of the New Zealand conference teams had wins. Is that gap closing? And is it closing because the Australian teams are getting better or because the New Zealand teams are regressing? Have you got thoughts on that?
2: <laughs> I feel like you're sitting me up here a bit, mate. Look, I'm no, Not it's at really all, is
1: <laughs> I promise. It,
2: it is really hard to make that call after two weeks. Uh, let's be really, really clear. In the same way that um, you know, if the Aussie teams had been struggling um, early, I would have thought it was pretty harsh if we were sitting here saying, you know, the same thing that we've had in recent years. Oh, the Aussie teams aren't, aren't up to it. It's a completely different competition this year with the introduction of the Druer and Moana Pacifica. Um, you know, the the fixture wasn't planned to be this way to have all the Kiwi derbies first, you know, followed by um, by the you know the Trans Tasman clashes, but. Definitely some really positive signs. I think you know the Brumbies have, have looked really, really strong against the Highlanders and Hurricanes and banked a couple of wins there. Important to the Rebels to get that win against Moana. I, I think we're all acutely aware of um, how much Moana have, have had to battle this year. Um, you know, circumstances haven't been in their favour, both with COVID, but also their ability to, to build a squad and having to do that pretty late. Um, but the Rebels have had a tough old year as well. Um, so it was really, really important for them to get that win It just gives them that little bit of belief. But hey, what about the Waratahs? I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Um, Leichhardt Oval, I don't know if you've ever been down there, it is a cracking place to go for a game of footy. The inner west of Sydney, uh, I think Balmain, the nearby suburb, has the most pubs per capita in in Australia. And um, it is just a, yeah, it just looked like an unbelievable evening. And um, a Waratahs team that's short on superstars, but not short on belief. Um, And coming up against the Crusaders team, um, there was a great quote during the week. Harry Johnson Holmes, the Waratahs prop. One of the reporters told him that the odds were that you know the Waratahs were paying fifteen dollars to to get the win, and he he said, "Oh, well, we're playing with house money then, aren't we?" Um, <laughs> and th- they just took on the challenge. They you know they they didn't deify the Crusaders like we've seen a lot of Aussie teams do over the journey, and and they said, "You know, we respect them. We know what they've done, but at the end of the day, they're just another team as well." And um, you know we're going to try and beat them just like they're going to try and beat us and you know with a young ken playing edmed who, who hasn't played a lot of footy um you know, i like really like the look, really the like the look of him
1: tracks. mate i really like the look of him i think i think he's he's a better first five already than ben donaldson
2: well he certainly you know fitted in really well and and i reckon that um he just looks like he's got the the no-nonsense demeanor that that is going to do him well um He's got. He does have a little bit of the Bernard Foley's about him um, in the way that he moves and 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 kind of um, yeah, you know, even just the way he, some of the little kicks he puts in and that sort of thing. So no, look, I, I thought that was a remarkable story. Uh, Dylan Peach is, is a guy I know pretty well um, who's had a, a, a you know a, a bit of an off and on first year of Super Rugby. Great to see him go through and score an early try and just the smile on his face. And I messaged him afterwards and I said, mate, the best thing about that was the smile on your face when you scored that try in the second minute was just a bloke who is just so excited and loving his footy and the smiles on the faces of your teammates um you know it was exactly the same it was really heartwarming and um a thoroughly deserved win so look it's a huge game for the Reds this week at home to the Highlanders um you know two close losses to Kiwi opponents so far in, in the Canes and the Chiefs and I think um, you know, for the Reds to have any chance of that home final, knowing that, that there's still travel to, to both Christchurch and Auckland to come, really, really important to, to get the win against the Highlanders this week. And, um, you know, in, in terms of some of the other clashes coming up this week, yeah, you know, we see the Brumbies and the Chiefs. First time that the Brumbies will have to go over to NZ. Um, so that's going to be fascinating as well, I think, um you know the, the Chiefs are, are a really good team, uh, probably the best scrum in the competition. Um, and yeah, you know, Sam Kane's been rested a week, and um, you know I, I feel like the Brumbies, if they can get the win over in, in the Waikato this weekend, then they're really showing that they're the real deal and, and should be given you know the same amount of respect as the Blues in that title race.
1: Yeah, good stuff, Pete. All right, mate. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on. It's good to chat to you as always, and good to see uh, that competition is throwing up uh, some more question marks. It's not the, uh, the easier to pick that it used to be. That's it, mate. And, hey, I've got a quick
2: one for you because I'm – I've gone from hero to zero after, you know, being a comprehensive victor of my NRL tipping competition last year. (laughs) And I think second place in the inaugural year in in 2020. I'm I'm coming last, dead last of eight at the moment and really humiliating myself. And I'm looking at the fixtures for the week coming up and I'm getting in my own head here. Mate, tell me the Rabbitohs are going to beat the Broncos on Thursday night.
1: The Rabbitohs are going to beat the Broncos on Thursday night. They will. They will.
2: That's what I needed to hear. That's what The Adam Reynolds factor, you know, it's, uh, it's my team. You tip with your, your heart and not your head. Uh, I, I needed that reassurance.
1: That's good to hear, mate. Thank yeah. you. No worries, Pete. Go well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll be up to 7th next week when we chat. Uh, yeah, that is Pete Fairburn talking to us out of Australia. It is calling West Island here on SENZ. Yeah, you're on extra time here on SENZ, Ricardo. Ball with you through till nine o'clock tonight. After nine o'clock, we head over to Melbourne, where Melbourne United take on uh, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. It is the NBL semi-final playoff match. Uh, it is currently one all. The winner of this uh, will go into the finals, and uh, it's a big game. So we've got full coverage of that coming up for you. After nine o'clock, also tomorrow morning in the Premier League, as I mentioned, that Manchester United take on Brentford, and United are a dollar sixty-seven favourites. They've gone in from about a dollar seventy-five. Brentford at four fifty, the draw at three seventy-five, and of course we've got uh, we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs as well and there is a whole heap of games coming up in the NBA playoffs tomorrow uh, The Heat are a thirty-one favourites to beat the Sixers, uh, 76ers and I think they'll do that. Uh, looks like Jolden Bieber's out to at least game 3, possibly game 4, so that would uh, really put Miami in the driving seat there and the Phoenix Suns are $1.42 favourites to beat the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow who are paying $2.80 so a whole heap of sport coming for you tomorrow and tomorrow I'll be back we're going to have Chiefs mana with Carmo and uh, Ian Jones and Super South as well with Jeff Wilson and Center Pass as well from 8 o'clock with Storm Purvis and a whole bunch more. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise that's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191.